Thunderbrunt. Hey, Bob. Hey, introduce yourselves. I am Jimmy George. I am a screenwriter and full-time script consultant. And my Twitter handle is <laughs> at Jimmy R. George. Most important part. Yes. I am Jamie Nash. I am a screenwriter. My Twitter handle is at Jamie underscore Nash. And I'm Bob Rose. I'm at Thundergrunt Bob. And today you're listening to Writer's Blockbusters. It's a show where we treat the final edit of a movie like the script which is apparently a very unique, weird thing to a lot of people. People don't understand they that. don't understand that. But if you can think of the logistics of finding all the different variations of a script <laughs> and I doing mean, a podcast on it, <laughs> go ahead, have fun, do your own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, today we're, you're going to listen to a podcast where uh, Jimmy George and Bob Rose force Jamie Nash to watch a movie. <laughs> that right. they love, that we love That we love so dearly. Very clockwork orange. <laughs> Yeah. We strapped him down, made him eat pizza. We made him eat pizza, yeah. <laughs> Stop the voices. <laughs> I don't like pepperoni. Help, help me. You know, though, Domino's Pizza has gotten a lot better tasting in the in the last 30 years. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to talk about the original 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, not the Michael Bay produced ones. <laughs> the, the original. Yes. And having its 30th anniversary. It's, that's why we're talking yeah, about it. Yeah, that's why right? we're talking about it. It's not just to annoy Jamie. <laughs> sad. Sad. <laughs> Yeah. Jamie, can you give us some perspective? I was going to say, can I was just going to really quick, because we did this with a few other movies. Mm-hmm. Can we go around the table and just say our personal experience? Yes, that's a good idea. With, with the franchise, but with this movie specifically. Okay. Uh, let's start with Jimmy, so that's like a fair... Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Jimmy's wearing his Teenage Mutant Ninja... He's wearing green. I got a green or, or hoodie St. Patrick's on. Come on. Yeah. I, sure. ju- I, li- I listened to the soundtrack on the way over. Well, partners um, <laughs> in crime, yo. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Fellow Chucker. (laughs) (laughs) I had, um, I I saw this movie in the movies when I was nine years old and uh, 10 years old. And uh, I wore this VHS out so much that the tape broke. So that's how much I loved this movie. I had all the Turtles toys. It it hit me right at the, you know, right when I was 10, still into toys. Really, I loved what, what this year movie. Would, would that be? 1990. Like 90. And you're yeah. how old right now? So I am 39. Right. So, you're yeah. Older than me. Yeah. Right. I'll be 40 in a few months. So, technically, yeah. You're so, two years older than me. So, yeah. Yeah. I loved this movie. I've probably seen it in my top 10 of the movies I've seen the most, but I haven't revisited it in probably like 20 years. Yeah. So, yeah. Jamie? I'm a Corey <laughs> Feldman fan. <laughs> No, I so <laughs> well. Uh, he's got that doc coming up. That'll be very revealing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh boy! Uh, ho- hopefully, he did the music for it. Too. <laughs> um, so, I so here's my thing with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Their comic book hit at the height of my comic book nerddom. Okay. So, I actually the most expensive comic book I own is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number two. I didn't have one, but I had two. 
A friend of mine for my birthday one year gave it to me when it was already worth like 800 bucks, which is about all it's worth today. It would like skyrocket. It's still worth 800 bucks? Something like in this shit. You know, I think it's worth even more. And if it get high graded. Um, well, with a property that's less this long, why wouldn't it be? It was yeah. right? like yeah. he gave me a two thousand dollar birthday present when I was like twelve or whatever Jesus. it was. You know? That's um, awesome. Not that not that he really thought of it in those terms. He was like, "I got three of them. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. feel oh like gosh. I don't feel like spending ten dollars for a present. Here's two thousand dollars." You know, and I was <laughs> like, oh. uh, "So I still have it in a garage somewhere, folded up." And, oh my gosh! And something. Um, I was telling my wife that the other day, and she's like, "Why don't we sell it?" I'm like, "Well." I I don't know. You have to get it graded and all that. Yeah, yeah, all that. So if anybody stuff. wants to make me an offer, um, I got one. Um, <laughs> Just uh, send him a so I was a huge. Message. You know, that was around the time of Frank Miller. I was a big Daredevil, Frank Miller Daredevil guy. Like that was probably my favorite comic. And the Turtles kind of took that and spoofed it. Like they took the Frank Miller Daredevil stuff and spoofed it. It was I. I felt like I was like one of those people that was early to a band with the turtles because it wasn't a big wide. Okay. You know, it was a black and white. It was kind of this weird independent thing in a time when independent comics weren't exactly blowing up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so Jeppy's Comics in Security Mall. Yeah. I used to hang out there. We used to know the guy behind Love the that desk. Place. And and I used to have a box, and uh, he. At probably around issue three or four, probably around there was a Raphael one shot that oh, I got, okay. and I own that too. So if you want to make me an offer, I probably, <laughs> I probably have issues about three to fifteen plus the Raphael one shot and some wow. other ones. The shame is they reprinted all these. They did years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I got all those in my box, delivered to me. I read them. I put them away. Um. I was a big fan. I thought it was cool. And then uh, that was after about issue 15, I could care less. I, I never really liked the comic that much. I preferred the adolescent teenage radioactive hamsters, which was a I remember that. Yeah. I have that. I As, have that. In 3D. Comic. 3D uh, <laughs> I glasses. That. Yeah. I, that used to be hanging on my wall. I used to have the bag. Because it was a spoof. It was a spoof. Yeah, a spoof. Um, yeah. It was a spoof of a spoof? So essentially, yeah. it was a spoof of something that was famous at the okay. time. Yeah. Okay. So I, yes, li- yes. I, I like the parody aspect. I like the absurdity. I like the underground comic, independent comic kind of aspect. But by the time the movie came, I was a little older. I was probably close to 20 ish. Is it proper to ask what your age is right now? Just no. Out. Yeah. Okay. 40, 48. So really? In 90. Yeah. I thought you were like 42, man. Okay. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> no. I didn't know you were that much older. No, at 42, I would have almost hit the age that I could have appropriately right, yeah. seen the. The thing. So I'm trying to think. Your experience like, is way different than ours. Though. I was like 19 or 20. I was when, in college. Yeah, you saw this when you were yeah, 20. Yeah, you're, you're not the time. audience. Yeah. I'm just that, yeah. I was watching art films and stuff like that. And I just wasn't that interested. <laughs> Fucking kids, they're yeah. dumbass turtles. Yeah. And, I, <laughs> and I was like, they made a movie from the turtles. It doesn't even look like the thing I used yeah, to pay yeah, attention yeah, yeah, to. Yeah. So it, I kind of missed it. But over the years, I've tried to watch it. And I never really connected with it. So this is the first time I really... That I remember watching it end to end. We appreciate okay. you watching. Yeah, thank you. There you Jamie. go. That's yeah. the long history of it. Well, yeah. mine's slightly different, I guess, than both of you because I didn't see this in theaters. Okay. I didn't. For some reason, I missed that boat. But I think it might be because I was slightly younger than you, and my parents didn't think to take me. Okay. And and obviously the internet didn't exist or anything, so I didn't know to tell them to. But I have a very specific. I like Turtles was my entire universe it was like ghostbusters and turtles the two thing, two halves of life you know what i mean <laughs> and maybe the simpsons somewhere in the top don't they have a crossover comic i believe they i think do. they do yeah but the one thing i wanted to say is that the first time i ever watched this movie was i had cable television as a kid i was privileged mm-hmm. and i will never forget the day that i was <laughs> the day that i walked in a room 
and at random it was playing on HBO and I literally fell to my knees <laughs> and started crying. Wow. Because now remember, I'm like eight. Because so, you're scared of Shredder. No, no, no. No, no, no. no because I'm just saying the reverence, that was the level of reverence yeah. I had. Because to me, I knew there was a movie that existed, but I couldn't see it because you couldn't do that. I didn't know that it was coming on cable. I just remember walking in there and falling to my knees and actually crying and be like, it's here. <laughs> oh, it's like I found the Holy Grail. And, wow. and, you know, obviously, you know, back then I had no clue i watched it it didn't matter if it's it didn't matter if it was a pile of shit didn't matter right, anything of course not. it was the best movie yeah. that ever made. yeah i've watched it way more since jimmy said he hasn't revisited in years i've been revisiting it for the last 30 years wow so okay i to me it's one of my favorite movies yeah, ever wow. regardless of all the shitting on it we might do in this episode i don't care it's flawless and i love it <laughs> okay there you go <laughs> but i'm willing to talk let's i said it's like our monster Dissecting squad episode it. It's yeah. like our Monster Squad episode. Yeah. It's flawless, but here's all the flaws. <laughs> <laughs> here's the screenwriting lessons. Right, yeah. And it's, I think, also outside of Pixar, it's the only uh, kids movie we've done on this show. Uh, yeah. Really? Mine's Monster Squad and Pixar and this. Midsommar. Yeah. Oh. So, Arias. Does Monster man. Squad count as. He's a big hit with the says kids. It's sort market. of a horror movie, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I guess Monster, Monster Squad. Squad. Yeah. The kids love the Harga. Yeah. <laughs> And Fargo. No. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love those uh, the scenes in Midsummer where they slice a pizza off with a <laughs> What's the Swedish food? A I sausage? Don't even know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> or when they turn that guy's face into pepperoni. Yeah. Right. Well anyway, uh first, who wrote this shit, Jamie? Who wrote Out- this? Well, who created the turtles? Uh, Eastman and Laird. Yeah. But they're Eastman not involved Laird. in the movie. And then, by the way, there's a good toys that made us. Uh, out there, I haven't yeah. seen that. Yep. yep, I highly recommend it. Like even somebody that's not really into the whole thing, I love that episode because there's there's a lot of ups and downs. Uh, you know, they started with the comic, they licensed it, the toys made decisions, the cartoon made decisions. Those two broke up. One guy got the stuff. One guy seemed bitter. I don't know. It's it's an interesting one. I highly recommend the toys that made us Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles episode it, for as someone who like live as it's like the person that's one of the people that are responsible for how popular it was very great episode. yeah and i because i lived through it and as somebody like, yeah. somebody that didn't own a single teenage mutant ninja turtle toy i loved that was probably one of my favorite episodes <laughs> mine are so. in a bag in my mom's attic right now wow <laughs> yeah still, still around them. still have them yeah i i still have issue too yeah okay. so if you want to <laughs> make claim the fame hey and if you want to make me an offer i've got plenty of i love how this became an <laughs> ebay auction <laughs> we're trying to make money we don't have a patreon it's like the end of every dr phil show if you ever watch he always yeah. has some ad my son made these uh food you can buy he made some barbecue and it's always like your this weird dr. intervention phil is pretty good at <laughs> your dr phil is in bed man it's, it's always like it's always like some intervention like there's this poor girl i don't know how to cook and it's like well, my son made a brand of barbecue. <laughs> anyway, that's, <laughs> that's my favorite part of Dr. That's Bell. That's solution, buy some shit from my yeah. family. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like this, this sad lady. My wife made some makeup, <laughs> a line of makeup. It's like, okay. Uh, well, me and Jamie have plenty of merchandise, so hit us up. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> now back to screen right yeah now back to screen i got a ratio important than making some green <laughs> can't you see doctor yeah, yeah right. can't you see doctor phil i got a raphael one shot <laughs> oh. 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number two <laughs> yeah, exactly. worth $800 <laughs> in 1991. Okay, so uh, Eastman and Laird, we already mentioned, they yep. created the comic book. Um, we have story by Bobby Herbick. Am I reading this right? My glasses. Rob, I, th- I thought it was Robert or Bobby. Bobby. Is it it's Bobby? Bobby. Okay. And, Bobby? And Tob Langan and Bobby Herbeck were the screenwriters. Um, it's okay. It's not Namper Sam. One rewrote the other, so the, the uh, Bobby gets the story credit. He was probably the first writer, and then Todd probably came in, did the punch up, gotcha. and fixed things up afterwards. I read a the little. The second thing guy about this. went on to write the sequel, okay. uh, Secret of the Years, which, which is also kind of telling. I think the the first guy didn't totally get maybe the humor or something, the tone, and the second guy came in and, it, and it did some did of that it, work yeah. and then went on to write Secret of, of the Ooze. Okay. Um, his his credits, I'll just go through his credits super quick, is pretty much television. It's like The Wonder Years was before that. Yeah, 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 episodes yeah. of The Wonder Years. And um, a p- television show called Pursuit of Happiness. And then that's it. Not the Will Smith movie. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah he that's stopped. so this was strange. The end. Well, once you hit the height, I mean, you yeah, just quit. You're on, yeah. You're done. <laughs> yeah. We did it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, did, I didn't look up like I should he, be so lucky. lucky. Fuck. He's, he's been in prison since uh, or something, you know. <laughs> yeah. or some we'll sad, find out something some terrible. Or some yeah. Turtles oh fan gosh. killed him. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be oh. That would be terrible. I don't want to know about that. <laughs> he's actually Dr. Phil's son. He makes yeah. He may. <laughs> um, uh, he's the one with the Raphael one shot. Delicious sauce. <laughs> the other guy, what, what stood out to me, he was the writer, his last credit. I'm sorry, he was the actor. Uh, that's right. I screwed this up. Because uh, when I first saw it, his first credit is Small Wonder. He wrote three episodes of Small Hell Wonder. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so he did different. He knows comedy. Different strokes. <laughs> One episode, the Jeffersons. One episode, three episodes of Small Wonder, and then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. What? That's his career. What a career! Is that awesome? That's or what? fantastic. I would live for that. I would. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Give that to me. <laughs> and he and he wrote that weird Different Strokes episode where the guy was giving him candy. No, he <laughs> the didn't. bicycle was, episode. Yeah, the creepy. And then the strokes. director, man. I oh, mean, so the yeah, stuff, Steve yeah. Barron, man. Oh my gosh. Which I, what did I say to you guys in the chat? We were talking about this. I was like, Steve Barron directed Turtles and Coneheads, so he is a god to me, and I will hear nothing male about it. And if you go down that line of the music videos, I yeah, mean, yeah, some yeah, of the most famous of music. music videos ever. Yeah. So why are yeah. we talking about this? Let's talk box office, okay? Because this is a blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And an independent film. Independently right. funded. It, it was the number one independent film until Blair Witch Project came and knocked it off. Really? And off. Do we yep. have any connection to that? Or? Jeez. No, never heard of it. Uh, <laughs> so $135 million domestic and wow. $66 million international for $201 million. In 90, that's hefty, yeah. right? Yeah. So if you, if you put that in context, here are the movies from the 90s. Always my favorite part of this whole podcast. Um, <laughs> really, Jamie just wants to list I movies wanna, and talk about I just the list screenwriting them. stuff. I don't care about this is my favorite part. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was number four. Damn, okay. What, what beat it, you say? It's 90? 90. 90. Do you know? Twins? I like. No, no. I don't. 90's a weird year that I can't remember stuff <laughs> Look from. Who's talking? No, no. One other film we did in this Dick podcast. Dick Tracy. No. Oh, well. That might be on there. That was number nine. Number nine. Okay. Die Hard 2 was number seven. Okay. Total Recall, number six. The Hunt for Red October, number five. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, four. 
Well, Bill and Ted's 89, right? Home Alone, number three. Home Alone. Home Alone. Home Alone wasn't even number one. 143. Yeah, that surprises me. Pretty Woman, number two. Okay. And Ghost, the number one movie. Ugh. Fucking Ghost. I love Ghost. Okay. Ghost. Damn. There you go. Still, it was in the top five. Bruce Joel Rubin. Fantastic screenwriter. Absolutely. Yeah, the one thing I think a lot of people don't know about this movie is the independent aspect. The fact that this had to be an in, this was an independent movie and not like a huge hundred million dollar studio movie. Yeah, it's kind of odd, isn't it? Yeah, they said on the commentary seven million dollar budget. That's just. I think it's really impressive for. Seven I think it's million, really impressive for seven million, million. even in nineteen ninety. And I, I'm not. I know Jamie. I'm saying this without your approval, mm-hmm. but, <laughs> but to me, this is like a movie that didn't in any way need to have any care or love put into it. And for some reason it does. And I think as an adult, I watch it now and I'm like, why did this have, this didn't need to be good. Right. It could have been a complete pile of shit. I would have eaten it up. (laughs) Why does it, why did they obviously care? And on a low budget, (laughs) I was Mm, like, like what is behind this movie? The force of it. I I still don't know to this day. Right. Well, he was talking about on the commentary. He was saying how important it was to them. To, to stay as true as possible to the ninja ways, you know, to, to be yeah. true to that. And they had a lot of martial arts experts from overseas, so they're also trying to be respectful to their involvement in the story. They didn't want to patronize, they didn't want to patronize them mm-hmm. and be like, hey, you're actually trained in martial arts. We're going to make you be involved in a movie that says it's martial arts themed but isn't actually to that. And they were he he had a lot of reverence for the source material. He was talking about how much he loved the comics. Mm-hmm. Like he spent a lot of time talking about the characters, which is funny because I don't think it all comes across. But at least he cared. He wanted it to be that. I, way. I, I also usually point to this as being like it's the perfect amalgamation. This movie, not the franchise, mm-hmm. is the perfect amalgamation of the original source material and the cartoon. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it has the, enough of both. Yeah. to be that perfect line down the middle. Yeah. I, I recognize it from the comics because again, I well, I probably watched the show once or twice. So I've seen it, um, th- the animated show. It's a hard revisit. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I um, the comic, I, you know, I remember that Raphael one shot, and I remember Casey Jones and stuff like that. Yeah, and that was this stuff looked like that. It and they said he said he took that scene directly from the comics, yeah. and they tried to take as much from the comics as they could, the actual material. So, really? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well. Well, I mean, that's Let's pretty much into that, it. that's development, right? That's because yeah. it is a weird movie. I just yeah. to this day, I'm like, how come no studio backed this fucking? Thing? Well, at the time, nobody was making weird fantasy stuff like this, and so We're watching now, I'm like, man, this is such and, a and weird he, thing to exist. And he was, <laughs> so and he was saying weird. that 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 he they look he looks back at it now and thinks like this is like people do weird fantasy stuff all the time. It's like not this is like normal. Yeah. <laughs> well, they remade it. Yeah, they, and they didn't remake it, but they made more turtles movies yeah, now. Yeah. So I'd I'd see these. The the weird thing is, what are other movies that had like a costumed animal, animatronic, you know, creature, yeah. blah blah Freaked? blah? Which one? Freaked. What's that? The Alex Winter movie. Yeah. Oh, I don't yeah. know. The one that Jimmy hasn't seen. I'm yeah. Sure, I'm sure there's a million that we're not thinking they, of. And they were saying that Callie like Mandel. Never Ending Story. <laughs> because oh, there were so Mon- few, yeah, that's probably one. they took the crew from that storyteller's right, right. show. The Chucky? There was a Jim, show, Jim Henson show that was doing that. Storyteller. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why they took everybody from that because there was nobody else doing do anything it. like it. That, that's to me, like, to me, there's a certain artistry in the. I grew up on the Croft Superstars kind of shows. And there's a certain weird artistry to those. Like, the, 
H.R. Puffin stuff mm-hmm. or stuff like yes, that. Yes, absolutely. Sigmund the Sea Monster. Yeah. That I kind of view this as a, a version of that. An extension sort of, of that, they, yeah. They, those shows, while they were goofy, kind of took themselves seriously at yeah. times. Mm-hmm. At times. And this mm-hmm. takes itself very seriously. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. For, as silly for as it is. It, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. For a serious, yeah. 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 Anyway, who's the protagonist? Who's the protagonist? Yeah, I think it's just the turtles. Yeah. I don't think there's a single. You don't think it's. uh... In my memory, it's Raphael, right? But then. That's kind of the way I see it. Okay. But all the turtles have their. Well, Leo and Raph have their arcs, and Donnie and Liker. Leo kind of. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. So so I I was going to bring up Blake's. Six things that need fixing, yep. and kind of dissect yep. it from there. Let's 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 look at that. Sure. Right? So, yeah. for anyone who's uh, not familiar in uh, Save the Cat, which we talk about a lot on this script because on this uh, podcast because we do cheeseburgers, the you know commercialized movies, and we're, and, not, we're not talking about art house junk, right? Usually, yeah. that's why we're doing a Ninja Turtles episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be teaching a Save the Cat seminar probably. No, it'll be a, this will come out probably after that. Never mind. I love it. That's right. I forgot. Yeah, I think it's sold out. In anyway. a couple weeks, Jamie is yeah. teaching. You well, should be well, the they, one to be explaining well, the six things that need. Jamie, will they like for that seminar? Will they advertise you were in book three? Absolutely. That's no, they will say it. that. Yeah, they say. I'll, I'll have them all open up their bo- open up your books Looks to page eighty six. So I will explain this. <laughs> Line me, 15. the one who's not in the Save the Cat books and yeah. not teaching a Save the Cat seminar in a few weeks. Okay. Um, Blake says that wrong. <laughs> in, this is direct directly from that source material. Is uh, in the setup of a movie. Um, you generally can find things that need fixing. And we've talked about in other episodes how many movies set these things up. And they usually define all the subplots and conflicts that you're going to see unfold over the course. So they generally fall into five categories. Changes in attractiveness and personality, strained personal relationships, not being entrusted with responsibility or not being able to handle responsibility, being invisible to key people, and others don't believe in you or you don't believe in yourself. So the turtles, changes in attractiveness and personality. The only person who exhibits that is when Casey Jones calls Raphael a freak, and mm-hmm. he gets really up. He screams to the heavens, ah! right, right, right. right? So, so that falls into on the side of Raph being the main character. Um, Raph and the other brothers fight amongst themselves, but it's mainly just Raph. So the, once again, there's Raphael. There is a Raph Leo. Yeah, thing. yeah, they're yeah, fighting, yeah. and there's there's a running thing of them. So you know, strained personal relationships. Yeah. Um, Splinter tells the turtles they have one lesson before they can uh, be ninjas before they're ready. So that's like a lack's responsibility, right? You still you're you're not ready for the responsibility. That's a thing that needs fixing. But that's for all the turtles. Yeah. Um. Being invisible to key people, um, the turtles have to remain invisible. Like, that's all of their issues. That's not exclusive to Raphael. Um, And then uh, others don't believe in yourself or you've given up on yourself. Raph doesn't believe in himself. And once Splinter is gone, all the turtles don't believe believe in themselves. So so I guess it leans toward Raphael. He has the most. Yeah. He has the meatiest arc in the movie. So so you could say he's the main guy. It's definitely not April. But what's interesting is or Casey, Danny, even. 
Danny, has I was going to say Danny. All the things that need fixing. Danny has a strained personal relationship with his dad. Danny's dad doesn't trust him with responsibility. Um, it's just really good teaching how you can take this character who has like 10 minutes of screen time and give him all these things and suddenly you care. So Danny's dad doesn't even trust him to, to go to school. So he drives him to school. So mm -hmm. lacks responsibility. Um, on the streets, he's invisible. Nobody notices him, which allows him to steal things. And then when he's in April's apartment, he's invisible again, which allows him to steal from April. So he's invisible to key people. Um, and he's Danny's given up on himself. So Danny has all five of the categories. And, and he's on screen in that first act for maybe like two yeah. minutes. It's, so that's pretty well, impressive. Mean, and mm -hmm. let's talking turkey. I mean, he's he's in it because they have to give it to a human. They have to give right. this thing. They can't, they don't, I guess they were, they didn't want to hinge it all on that, on the turtles. Right. Also, cause you're hinging it on their performances working. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which yeah. might not, it might not have worked. He's, he's, yeah. you could argue, you know, you put a face on the stakes. How do you make yeah, yeah, the yeah. audience understand the stakes and feel them? Yeah. And feel yeah. them. Yeah. Danny's the face, right? Mm -hmm. I guess. Mm -hmm. Right. He has, the heart has to be a human. Right. That's a good Just point. Just as the love story has to be a human. Yeah, there. that would have been weird if it would have been like uh, to this Howard day, the Duck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, to this day, I'm always like, wait, they find her attractive. That's got a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> but she doesn't reciprocate. No, so then it no. doesn't fall into Howard the Duck. Did, did, a, did a Miss Turtle ever come into the world building? Yeah, uh, so in the uh, next mutation, the live okay. action TV show, yeah, yeah. which is not considered canon. There's a live action TV show. There's a live action wow, Ninja Turtles TV show called The Next Mutation. <laughs> and uh, what's. I, I didn't. Either. Venus. Yeah, Venus. I, I'm pretty sure. Was, when he said that, I Venus thought, de Milo was the. I didn't realize it was the title. I thought he was just saying in the next mutation. In the no, next, no, no. Like <laughs> yeah. in, in Ninja Turtles, The Next Mutation, which was a Power Rangers esque Ninja Turtles show, okay. which actually created. Crossed over with Power Rangers uh, for an I episode. I sort of remember this. Venus de Milo was the female turtle, except she wasn't really a turtle. She was an alien that came to Earth, and f I know, <laughs> I know all this. She she formed herself in the likeness of them as a female. So, gotcha. but she is not considered canon by Eastman and Laird or whatever. Okay, but yes, a, a female turtle did come into the play. <laughs> Is there, a, is there an episode where they have sex? I don't know, and I'm Ooh. not going to watch that show. <laughs> take their shells off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, anyway, are Sorry we- Sorry about it. <laughs> I know that shit. Are we- are we There, there is a video like that on Pornhub. No, I'm I just- sure. I don't There's <laughs> Ninja Turtle porn. I've seen some of it. It's sure not there good. Is. Oh, my gosh. It's horrific. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, <laughs> screenwriting. <laughs> um, so, are we sort of saying the that Raphael is the main character? I think if- I think he's if you're the, gonna pick one, if you have to pick, it is Raph. He's yeah. he's the face of the team because yeah. of he has the arc and the most screen time. Okay, there you go. Right? Yeah. I mean that just yeah. seems. And he has out of the turtles, he has the most things to fix. Yeah, yeah. it's it's loose. Donnie loose. and Mike are pretty much happy who they are. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. Leo's he has a struggle, but oh, it's that's with what Raph. I wanted. It's yeah. this isn't on the um this isn't on the the talk talking points, but it is interesting that. Those personalities, those like, you know, Leo the leader, Donatello the tech guy, those don't really show up much in this movie. Where in my head, Donatello was the tech guy in this movie. And well, he's not at all. He doesn't exhibit that whatsoever. Because there's just no movie. room for it. Yeah. It's um, so that, interesting. That, I think that came more from the cartoon. From the cartoon. Okay. And, and they obviously, in the Michael Bay movie, yeah, they, they play it up. Completely. Yeah. Up. yeah, yeah he's, he's like the guy in tech. the chair. But I mean, Mike, <laughs> he's the only personality that's kind of ill defined. 
Mikey's yeah. obviously pretty defined in this movie. Yes. Don't, I mean, yes. as a non-lover of it, don't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think their personalities are there. Donnie's definitely the weakest because he doesn't have anything to yeah. do. He's just sort He's of... kind of Mikey's best friend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hey, Mikey. Yeah. Right, right. He's just Mikey's <laughs> best friend. But Leo, but Leo's is there. He's got a little bit. He's trying to be the leader. Yeah. But, you know, Partners in Crime, who wrote the theme song, the reason in the theme song they call Raph the leader of the group because... I believe the song was written from a viewing of the movie, not from any knowledge of the actual turtles. Okay. So when the movie came out, anyone who just saw the movie thought Raph was actually perceived it. Raph perceived as the leader. I could be wrong about that, but I remember reading about that. That's That's... why that song says Raphael, the leader of the group, (laughs) performed from the norm. Okay. (laughs) I'm not going to sing the song. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, Jamie. I thought Vanilla Ice sang this song. That's, that's, part, two. that's the no, secret. I'm just kidding. That's the one I know. Do you know he has a tattoo because of that? Ninja he, rap? He has, a, he has a turtle tattoo? Oh, my God. But the thing I like about the Vanilla Ice song, he d- understands the true dynamic of the turtle. the turtle. <laughs> oh, God. Where are we? Comic obsessions. Comic obsessions. And this, why does it say Jimmy Bob? Because I have no idea. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, uh, I mean, Michelangelo. I, I figured it was useful because they are they each have their own personality. So let's explain but, comic obsessions for somebody who hasn't heard it, yeah. it before. So um, this is not uh, something Robert McKee came up with, but it's something I learned from taking a Robert McKee com- comedy seminar. said that one way to kind of focus your comedy with a character is to have that character have a blind comic obsession. It's not always blind, but it's funnier when it's blind, when they're something that's normal to them, but seems ridiculously obsessive to us is example, where the comedy... Um, Zombie Land with the Twinkies. Right. Yeah, that's a good Some, one. Right? Yeah, there's, like I mean, there's a million. There's a million. Them. I'm just trying to think of a good um, example. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, well, there's these are good examples. These are good examples. Um, yeah. yeah, like Billy, Billy Crystal in, uh, in When Harry Met Sally, he's obsessed with death. Like, he... Right. he you know, reads the end of the book because he's he's not sure he's going to live to read the full book when he starts it. <laughs> Things like that. Um, I didn't find them for all the turtles. No, but, but there's some very, I mean, yeah, obviously. I, I think all the turtles are pizza, pizza enthusiasts, and there's a lot of comedy but, derived out of there. But Mikey obsession. obviously is the lead, on, the that, lead on that on one. That one. And yeah. Mikey has an obsession with, he has a, a, a very uh, innocent crush on April. Yeah. There's three jokes based around that. So I feel like that, that, Qualifies as a comic obsession with April O'Neil. It's established three times. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Comes, I mean, yeah. the beginning. Yeah, um, Casey Jones is the one I found interesting. He definitely has a, an obsession, but I don't know how it ages. I think his toxic masculinity mm-hmm. is his comic obsession. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, like uh, he, and using sports equipment as weapons and sports puns. <laughs> like there's a <laughs> there's a sports pun in almost every line that comes out of his mouth. Um, his, but ma- it, his need to be macho at every turn. Right, is his exactly. Comic Masculinity yeah. Yeah. is is his comic obsession. Yeah. Um, but it's just we've found that when we watch a comedy and we break it down, that this is something that's like an easy way to do gags and things. We've even we even found it in Midsommar. Yeah, I, I'm always having tr- the reason I like this. Is I always have trouble like before I go into a script. Let's say I've outlined it. If you don't do a lot of work character wise, and I I don't know that I'm a person that does bios and things like that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I at least like to have their point of view or exactly their, or their voice. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if I at least have this nugget, you know, then it would help me. There, it's kind of their outlook. So 
Smith, like a character like Ricky Gervais in The Office. Um, I'm trying to think of what his blind obsession was. I don't know why I brought him up because he's such a strong With character. The Office, I always thought his blind obsession is with popularity and friendship. Exa- he thinks he's very popular or something. He, but he also wants popularity. But he also wants while it. He craves th- it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he kind of thinks he's the coolest guy in The Office. Yeah, and yeah, everybody yeah. else looks, he's blind to the fact that everybody Completely looks blind. at him that he's the biggest loser in The right. Office. From his perspective, that's what it is. He's cool. Right. 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 And, that's kind of the blind obsession and aspect And that's what it. makes it funny. That's what makes it funny because then yeah. you can go yeah. right that character like this person thinks they're cool while everybody else thinks they're a loser usually right, you know? usually like it's something that falls on like a sidekick character right mm-hmm. like that's kind of where yeah, they always that's lie. how you Not give the, them memorable the protagonist moments. doesn't always have a doesn't always yeah. yeah yeah but we yeah. found it tracks and it's like a really easy way to, to well you take could a even say and... like you know raf's comic upset it's not as funny but his mm-hmm. obsession is you know i guess the dynamic with him and Splinter being repaired, right? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. It's not comic. Yeah, I don't know if that... Cool, you don't think that is? that tracks, because it's track? not funny. Okay. Oh, it has to be funny. Yeah, it's yeah, supposed to be so. derived of comedy. Yeah, yeah, but... I guess all four of the teenagers just wanting to party. Oh, the pi- be, I just think I, I mean they all have they, yeah. have a, they have a funeral for the pizza. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's not just Mikey. Um, they have a comic, comic obsession with their teenagerdom. How's that? Yeah, that's better. They're yeah, they they still yeah. want to be young. We could because you watch the movie and they're like four <laughs> monsters and you're like, mm. oh right, they're they're teenagers. Yeah, like, <laughs> you forget. You're right. Yeah, that's right. They're they're giant monsters with muscles, but they're really just they're kids that are being yeah. forced to In be. In some ninjas. ways, I think one of their blind obsessions they're blind to the fact that they're freaks. That's you know uh, they them, don't view nothing. themselves. They view themselves. There is the, there is the slight through on that they want to go public for mm-hmm. and for know. for that. Yeah, we can talk about with that with the stakes. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that that's true. There's a lot of comedy derived out of they're just being themselves, right, right? And everybody else is like, what the fuck are these things? Yeah. So that's yeah. that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that they're normal. Mm-hmm. Right. Except right. for Rap, Which who I thinks think he's a freak. One of the best jokes in the movie is how New York. It's so weird in general. Oh yeah, it just the accepts them. It's a, yeah, it's a turtle in a raincoat. You still going to Laguardia? Yeah, like, exactly. Like whatever. It doesn't matter. Exactly. Right? Yeah, but as far as yeah, tone. Yeah, tone. I don't know what to. Yeah, so I think this. I think tone honestly is where this movie. I the reason I love this movie. And I don't so much love the rest of Turtle stuff mm-hmm. because I like the fact that it has stakes and it's more serious. And it's not so much for kids as much as it is for kids. It's, to me, it reminds me of Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yes. No, I, I was about to and, say uh, that. Yeah, no, yeah. I think it totally it fits lands. right there. It yeah. sure it's, does. Because when it needs to be serious, people could die. People could be sad. But at the same time, there's these goofy characters kind of going around the whole thing. Characters right. get injured. Yeah. yeah. Um, there is death in the movie. Right. Uh, people yeah. experience pain. Yeah. It's, like when people get hurt, they're really dire. It's dire, like you said. The world around them is a little bit more stylized, like you said. Like yeah, yeah. a cab driver might mistake a turtle for being a human, which wouldn't necessarily happen in Ghostbusters, for example. That's true. Um, so it's not exactly the same, but it still threads a needle between comedy and serious stakes pretty well. Like, yeah. Like silliness and uh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, not to be. Der- I'm not using silliness in derogatory terms but it it works the gags in between it all yeah but it's still like the movie even in execution it's it's shot for seven million dollars it's shot amazingly well (laughs) it's like yeah you could probably create a tone scale for this there's a tone scale there there's a there's a number on your scale of turtles you could do a turtle tone scale that's true the original comic 
This the movie would be in the middle. The cartoon, the, the Michael, yeah. Michael Bay movies would be somewhere in there. And you could, it's a seven, and it's got to yeah, stay. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's and remember, there's like four Ninja Turtles cartoons, <laughs> so you could place them all. <laughs> Which in that one? Scale. Right. There's like 2014, but 2004. You're saying this does a good job of balancing. It all feels I cohesive. Think as someone who's watched moment. most Turtles Fair, I feel like this has the most stakes without also being the original comic. His original comic was nothing like the popular Turtles. The Turtles don't know they're in a Turtles movie. Yeah. In the other movies, they do. Especially when they're rapping with Vanilla Ice. (laughs) They're yeah, freestyle rapping in a non-freestyle song. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. The last. So the. (laughs) We're gonna do that next episode. Don't worry. So it's sort of like (laughs) we're doing all Turtles this month. (laughs) Sort of like the writing the Turtles. Tonally, it's like the 89 Burton Batman versus Batman and Robin. Um, yes. Nipples. and Whereas, like, the original Turtle source material is probably, like, Chris- Christopher Nolan's Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Yeah. Not. So, I'll only say this once. They made a movie called Turtles Forever. It's an animated movie uh, based on the 2004 version, I believe, where they actually make all of these jokes. Where they okay. go into different dimensions, and the '80s turtles meet the new turtles. Mm, okay. And '80s turtles, they meet them, and they're like running down the street chasing a bowling ball and a pizza <laughs> that are sentient, and they're like, "What the hell's going on?" <laughs> That's great. They into, make all these into jokes. the turtle verse. Yeah. yeah, it's turtles. Into it's called turtle, turtles into the turtle verse. Yes. That's exactly. It's into the turtle verse, yeah. and they even have like you know screens with all the different versions of the turtles, and one of them is you know. Like the live action versions yeah. and everything, so there yeah. these jokes have been made. The tonal scale, yeah, that's has t- actually been commented on in continuity. Okay, wow. So yeah, but this one it balances. This one, I think it yeah. balances tone. I think so well. too. Yeah. Like like Jamie said, it really not only does it feel like Ghostbusters, like mm-hmm. the New York of Ghostbusters feels like this kind of same New York almost. Yeah, it's the same time period. Yeah, it's yeah. Few, few years it's interesting because it nudges a little bit down because it looks like a backlot. Uh, version yeah, of New York, yes. yeah. which it is. Ghostbusters <laughs> it is. is New York, New York, yeah. yeah. And this definitely has that kind of backlot. So what was the budget on Ghostbusters? Cartoony. I don't Ooh. know what the budget was. It's yeah. a good parallel though, because Ghostbusters cartoon. And, yeah. yeah, they shot a lot of stuff on location for Ghostbusters, and in this, a lot of it was on. They said the remains of the Big Trouble in Little Chinatown set. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Also, I feel like. Um, Tonally speaking, there's really heavy stuff as far as like the flashbacks or the memories. Well, it is, and then there's like some puppet rat. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but that's what's great about it. It's like yeah. so serious. It's like, what was it about an affair and stuff? And then you see the puppet rat like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like really <laughs> like that's I, I love that stuff. I love it. It works. It, it yeah. always cracks me up how Splinter is like obviously like a puppet kind of thing, and it's you can't kind see of, his body. It's kind of funny. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's always that part always cracks me. Up. But but then like, like the execution of end, Splinter is. <laughs> Completely Fan- dire and serious. Fantastic. And fantastic. Yeah, he's bleeding. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, yeah, he's right. chained up. He's dying. Yeah. He's the stakes. Absolutely. The stakes you feel for him are real. Definitely. So I guess the lesson is there is, it's like the rare kids movie that has stakes. Stakes. Like we used to get when we were kids. Yeah. There's danger. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess what I was trying to say is it could have been a movie that didn't even attempt to do anything remotely like that. Yeah. Right. They it, took the. It, yeah. You're saying they took the threat seriously. The they threats took, to they the took characters. took the threat seriously. Yeah, yeah. Th- like Jamie said, the turtles don't, don't act like they're the Ninja Turtles that know they are. They do <laughs> enough that it's beyond like Bugs Bunny fights. It's like when they 
when that's... when when the ninjas are fighting them, it feels like they actually so, could kill them. And when Shredder is fighting them, it feels veritable... like he actually would possibly mm-hmm. kill one of the those. The two on sequels screen. they made. The veritable difference between this and the two sequels is that the fighting in this is real. Yes, tangible. Where in the in the sequels, they're they're taking you know they they can stop a horde of Foot Clan with like a yo yo. It's like. <laughs> Fine, but that's a different type of movie. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love Secret of the Use. I'm not going to lie. But, you know, it's not for the same reason. Do they have a turtle movie with, like, Matrix-esque, like, fighting? I guess the you Michael be, Bay ones are closer to that. I would be surprised that. to hear they didn't. Because watching this, I was like, I'm surprised they didn't do that. Uh, if, remember the, remember the animated movie? Know. Remember that? I do, I do. That has... Not yeah. Matrix style stuff, right. but that the fighting is more intense. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, and the show that followed that fighting is way so, more intense. So yeah. we need Ang Lee to direct the Turtles movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you really want to be, me to be honest, the second Michael Bay produced Turtles movie, I thought was great. I fucking love it. Right? I love Wasn't it. Wasn't that awesome? It's, I love it. <laughs> a Jamie, plus for me. Jamie's not here. watching Jamie's it. Jamie's shaking his head. <laughs> I'm a big Megan Fox fan. <laughs> Ah, gotcha. She's the worst part of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> Easily. It's a bummer, yeah. But yeah. Anyway, still, I love let's it. let's keep on track. Keep on track. I love how big of fans we are. Jamie's so we got can't completely zero enthusiasm for the brand. I've never seen them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Jamie. Thank you for doing Thank this. Thank you. <laughs> no, but to this, be fair, Jimmy picked it. I did. I I I did. <laughs> I'm throwing him under the bus. <laughs> I'm still hoping to sell that comic book. Yeah, so <laughs> Jamie just sees so this as anyone an eBay auction. Please buy Jamie's comic book to make this worth his time. <laughs> you at least justify it for him. Uh, okay, let's go to the big elephant now, in the room. These are the this is it. Structure. Jamie, well, let's get you in this. Come on, Jamie, shit all over it. <laughs> Jamie, it. what is the lock-in? Explain the lock-in. <laughs> uh, no, the lock-in. So this movie. Uh, I know it's when I was trying to figure out why it, it never uh, grabbed my attention or held my attention because I've tried to watch it many times over the years. I think it's structure. I you know think. what? Thank mm-hmm. you for trying. I tried. Yeah. <laughs> well, I watched it. I watched it all the way through this time to to analyze it, and I, you know, I I enjoy it. I think it's a good it's a good movie. But I think yeah, we did it. <laughs> I think I, th- <laughs> I think the and the comic it goes great with this comic book I have. <laughs> um, by the way, I also had the first 50 issues of G.I. Joe. If anybody so everyone wants that. Um, you can find a list of his that's right. on Craigslist. So, so the, lock, the lock-in moment is usually when you go to see a movie, there's usually a story about a hero with goal, obstacle, and stakes. Something like that. There, and this movie is, is interesting. And, and it, it, well, I'm sorry, I'm jumping around a little bit. The second act usually is about the hero trying to do something. There's an obstacle in the way. And if they don't do it, some horrible thing will happen. Uh, this movie, I'm not exactly sure how I'd pitch that. Yeah. Because they, it's not that they're passive, but they almost go away for a little while. And that, yeah. that second act kind of kills me because not a lot happens in the second act. Yeah. You, you, mean the, uh, you mean the farmhouse? What, what I consider the second act, which is... Uh, so it's debatable Let's, what the second the lock act. In. I'm Let's not sure what it is. It. I don't know. So I, I'm gonna. What do you think, Bob? So 
I actually don't know either. It's, it's really <laughs> as many fucking times as I've seen the movie. So here's how I kind of analyze. But I get what it. Jamie's saying because if you're not like totally into the turtles, there's two options. Yeah, you're yeah. not I'm locked like, into that first part, like interest wise. Yeah, and where does so the you upside need that down lock world come. begin? So I think the upside down world happens when uh, Splinter's taken. Yes, and yes. and now they're they have to leave the sewer. They're on their own. They're in the real world, whatever. And There's getting the him is the problem they need to fix. And, yeah, and, and, and Raph, they're not trying. That. Oh, wait, that's, wait. That's the and Raph's that injury, but Raph being injured. That comes a yeah. That that comes a little later. Yeah, it does. But... Splinters, but okay. So here's why I asked that. We've we've had a couple episodes now with the Groundhog Day one where mm-hmm. it was debatable because it was audience perspective versus characters perspective mm-hmm. when they perceive it as a problem, whereas where we. And for instance, in in Back to the Future, we said that we know that he's stuck in the past and got to get back to the future 14 minutes before Marty knows. So the end of Act One and Lock In is when we know. And we debated back and forth with whether Groundhog Day is when we know that he's stuck in the same day or t- 10 minutes later when he knows he's stuck in the same day. So they lose their anonymity, their secretness, when... They rescue April, and the ninjas see it. They come to the lair, and they're, like, watching watching her. So, like, we know, oh, shit, like, the foot soldiers are going to come right, 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 and yeah. do something here. So that's the problem, but they're not aware of it. And the upside-down world kind of starts with them being in her apartment. They're no longer in the sewers. Yeah. It's sunny. They're hanging out with people. They're joking about, like, life with Pete. They're doing pop culture references and telling jokes. with. That starts way before Splinter. But like you said, like, Splinter is the world they know, right? Life with Splinter. So, And he's the problem they got to fix, getting him back. So that happens, like, eight minutes later. So I don't know. I don't know. What do yeah. you guys think? I mean, I was just going to agree with Splinter. Splinter? I, yeah. I don't okay. see another answer. But it's so. it's it's not gripping because of that is what it we're saying. It feels like if I it's made a logline. fair. If yeah. I made a logline, I think the more well, compelling logline. The villain and the heroes don't even know each other until right then. Yeah. Right. Really. Exactly. I mean, let's be that, honest. That's why I think if I wrote a logline, it would be something like after their leader is captured. Right. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, that's blah, the blah, problem. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, it doesn't sound as compelling like... um. After they they rescue a girl, they find a out reporter. about the world. Yes, kind of, you know that's, that's not it. it yeah. Not as compelling. If I may defend on, if I may defend, I was just going to be like that. Mm-hmm. On paper, I totally agree with you guys, but in execution, I don't necessarily. Okay. Because the movie, like we were talking about, also is such a weird aberration. It is. It is. It. it you know what I, I mean? Th- like, yeah. I think there's problems. Well, problems or or benefits to some examples yeah before the lock-in right because what's the catalyst is it when he first loses his sigh in the right. very beginning right first scene first scene well, yeah, yeah first scene and she picks it up yeah is that is that the catalyst or, or is, is it later when he's casey jonesing and he rescues her from right. the thing yeah. that feels more like a catalyst yeah. time wise yeah a little late, I guess. Right, like twenty minutes. Twenty minutes. That's a long time. I would the probably say the sigh. Yeah, to me, I would have said like the sigh if you I, asked me. And that's a really low key catalyst. It's very like, low key. Oh, I dropped yeah. this thing. Yeah. Well, but it's the random event that causes the villain to kind of say, it "What is this?" And, yeah, exactly. Not really that part, but you know, it's. Yeah. And so anyway, it's the whole first act. It's a little, and and the one advantage I was going to say to you when you say 
um, when you say it works anyway, is I think when you have so many things you can choose from, at least things are happening. Yeah, things yeah, are happening. Things are right. happening. Yeah, yeah. It's va- so visually who cares, interesting. Who cares about this other stuff? Because I, like I used to always say, I'm not so worried about people that have too many catalysts. I'm worried about people that don't have any. That don't have any or yeah. wait till it's page yeah. 50. Like stuff just happens because it's time to happen yeah. and that doesn't have Let, a reason. Let's say yeah. a movie was... 80 pages of catalyst it probably would be an entertaining movie if the you know if done right yeah. it might be a little breathless <laughs> but um that that is what you know cause effect and things yeah, like that yeah. so it sort of can work okay the danger of having catalyst too early and i think this movie suffers a little bit from this part is i the setups of this movie are kind of weird there there's some stops and starts mm-hmm, and i'm not exactly mm-hmm. sure so because it's not traditional it feels like we send Raphael out just because we need to, right. as opposed to maybe that scene. You could see a different movie where he didn't lose a sign in the beginning and he went out. Somehow yeah. they saved her later and then they brought yeah. her back. And yeah, um, yeah. So there's some start, there's some weird patchiness to the plotting yeah. in the beginning. That's, I don't know. It, to me, that's where I think it used to always lose me, this movie. Yeah. It's, it's got it, a be like, sloppy setup. It, yeah. If I may, it's it, all there. it rely it might um, rely too much on the personality of the turtles than it does about the story. Right. It's less interested in the in the plot. Like Raphael leaving Which is, is weird totally to say about a movie like right. this. But but <laughs> these movies right. are usually incredibly but plot I think, driven. Honestly, that's what I was just about to you, Yeah. The reason I think I love this as a grown up more is because I it's not it's, plot driven really as much not, as it is. Like Raph is such a well defined character in this movie, I think. Yeah. As far for a kid's movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like him leaving, you're right. It's kind of at random, but it's also <laughs> totally in keeping with his character. Yeah, he just it, bolt. It probably comes from that Raphael one shot that I'm selling as well. <laughs> right. It, right. It might yeah, even yeah, be yeah, that. Yeah. He might have left for some I don't remember it well enough, but yeah. he, he teams up with Casey Jones and they're in the park <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So But but I like I feel like even all the structural problems, all those things add to the bricks of the character's wall. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they still kind of are there, but it's in a weird succession of it's, stuff. Yeah. It's just odd. It's, it's something, odd, yeah. It's something we're not used to, one, in this kind of movie. Exactly. This, this yeah. isn't exactly a Sundance, uh, you know. No. Why does, this, yeah, why does this movie sometimes feel like it's like an art house? It does. Because, because of its lack of it's studio so, involvement. Yeah, yeah. So. They didn't Which get is, those things. Yeah. I, that's what I love about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> I can see. Now, he said the notes yeah. that he kept getting were about lightness. It wasn't about story. It was about it's too dark, it, meaning like physically, visual, it, it visually is, dark. They it's kept a very dark. He movie. said it he would very catch, dark. He would catch people coming up, whispering to the DP, like brighten the lights. The lighting's too dark. The yeah. kids don't like the dark. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like. What but Mark, I also Home think Alone. that's why it looks. I think it looks. Great. I love it. So, but yeah. anyway, going back to the story, the anyway, setup is yeah. sloppy. Yeah. So and so those parts things keep happening. So you kind of I can see why you might forgive them, especially if you were enamored by the turtles and their and their personalities and the humor. Um, it's the second act though is where it really loses yeah, me because it's... once once Raph gets hurt and they go to the farmhouse, not a lot happens. Turtle. That's action. where it becomes yeah. like wow, this is an art house yeah. fucking movie. Like, <laughs> it reminded me of didn't the Avengers do that in the second? No, the they front? did. 
Yeah, so like, and I love Age of Ultron, yeah, so I guess I'm, I'm weird. They that. So, <laughs> yeah. so typically the fun and games is the movie you come to see. So right. if it's Turtles... Fun and games are at the beginning of this movie. Yeah, it's strange. Yeah. Kinda, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and it's almost like I wanted Joel Silver's whammo board to show up. Right. Like, that's what I needed. We're so accustomed yeah. to, to that experience for this type of movie. And, th- and it's a very interesting watch that that isn't yeah. the way that it is. There wasn't a whammo board. Yeah. So the fun and games in this case, like if we assume we get a little bit with the fight on the roof right now um, and then we're going to talk about that sequence we're going to talk about that yeah. sequence then they just kind of retreat they go into hiding yeah <clears throat> and it's all character work it's all character yeah. work, which is so weird for a yeah. kid's movie but <laughs> yeah. it's character work and then jumps to like the shred the shredder stuff right and, uh yeah and a little bit of splinter and that kind of stuff going yeah. on splinter and, and Danny it also introduces the supernatural aspects he, yeah splinter and danny There's have a, their remember own that life. yeah I, it's the thing i think a lot of people forget he it's, wanted to go he was saying on the commentary he wanted to go a lot more with the astral astral plane. Yeah, yeah yeah he was like let me do the astral I, plane and they were like that's, no that's always the thing that i really love that it just kicks it up just a little yeah. more weird by like wait leonardo can speak to splinter through <laughs> yeah. astral protection yeah yeah wait yeah. that's the thing that's happening <laughs> yeah like it it's just awesome. adds it and then the middle also has the Casey Jones April kind of relationship subplot, story yeah. and, and by the way one <laughs> thing that i did we didn't talk about it's not writing but I guess it's writing. I I did like I expected her character to not have agency, mm-hmm. and I did like that it ages well. Like she's fighting back against like four ninjas before she Rafa. hurts she, foot yeah, clan members. Like yeah, she's yeah. it's it she's isn't not until, a damsel. Man. Right. It yeah. isn't until there's like twenty five of them that she needs Rafa she to step also, in and help her. I liked that on a smaller I scale. That. She doesn't take shit from her boss or her job or anything. She's got a lot of agency. She's got a ton of yeah, agency. And I in the appreciated movie. that. Yeah. I didn't expect that from a nineteen ninety kids movie. movie. Yeah. <laughs> It was cool. It it's made me go like, like, that's why April O'Neil's a badass. If you approach it as what it is, it doesn't work, but it's somehow another thing. Yeah. It's like, there's there's no reason that a movie like this should be at a farmhouse <laughs> reflecting <laughs> on itself and the love of brothership. And it, yeah. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a part of me when I was watching it, and I don't think it was done this way, but... It felt like one of those movies where they were like, well, we have the budget to do like three big action scenes yep. and then we got to fill the rest yep. of it. Yep. It yeah. felt a little bit like that. And maybe that was a concern. Maybe that was. I think I, I, don't know. I, I bet in the commentary this might be mentioned, but it, in a lot of ways, it seems like a samurai movie. Yeah. He didn't really talk about that much. It just does. Yeah. But it, like structurally, it's weird. It's quiet way more than it's loud. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just like very meditative for yeah. some reason. You know, it's not. It's strange because it's meditative, but then there'll be like pizza jokes. You know, like... <laughs> but then you compare it to like Secret of the Ooze where that's the movie we're expecting. Right. Secret of the Ooze was that movie. Right. Yeah. Not this. Not this. Yeah. That's why this is like this aberration that held up when I grew up. And it gets even weirder. I wanted to ask you guys. It gets even weirder, like when you start going to the end of Act Two. Like I don't know what that is. Like, do you want to explain the five point finale? Yeah. What is a five point finale? Yeah. Yeah. So, you're right about the end of Act Two because I wasn't even sure. It sort of begins like in this weird unorganic or organic (laughs) sort of way. It just kind of Raph wakes up. Yeah, it kind of like right? just tiptoes yeah. into it yeah, as opposed to walks. Like it right. doesn't make a bold leap into it. Right. It's just kind of like we're in act three we're, now, but, I guess. But we're not really. Yeah. Like we're still in act so, two. So the five point finale typically is in act three. So this is after like an all is lost moment and all that stuff. The heroes come up with a new plan to save the day. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, 
they, they come up with a plan to save the day. Uh, the five points are number one, they gear up. It's a gear up scene. I'm not sure if I'm using the exact gathering terms, the team, gathering the team, um, gathering the team. It's usually like getting the equipment, coming up with a plan. If it was right. Star Wars, it would be like, okay, we got a you know a holograph projection. We got to shoot the right. spot on the desk, showing part. you and yeah. training the, often. Exactly. The next spot is storm the castle. So usually they try to execute that plan, right. whatever that plan is. Then there's a high tower surprise. Something doesn't go right. Some, there's some twist. The villain was ready for them. There's some other weapon they unveil. Something, another power, whatever. Um, that's the high tower surprise. Then they do a dig down deep, which means they try to they they dig down deep to try to come up with a new idea that they could have only come up with because they went through the whole adventure. Learning so the lesson. Learning yeah. the lesson of the character arc. They execute that into a new plan, and that's how they save the day. And they're the five points. Um, this movie... The weirdest five-point finale. It's really weird. Because <laughs> yeah, even well, the they heroes... Kinda, they kind of get home and get attacked. Yeah, they get so, home and get so attacked. So it's weird. Yeah. So I, I, I will, I'll see see if you guys agree with the, me The turtles this. are more passive they than are. you'd expect them. So in the act, stick really on the farm still, the this is on the farm, yeah. they're like... Raph awakens and they make amends and then April says the turtles are four once again yet still not whole a lingering doubt remains an unknown which they can't bear to face their greatest voice over and he says yeah exactly just voice over to who right (laughs) and then then Raphael says splinter and then so they make a rescue mission to go get splinter but then they never actually try to do it So we have our gathering the well, team of them now, training the on movie, the farm. Yeah. Right? Well, they're, they're re, I mean, yeah. But they're, I was going to say they kind of get interrupted, I think, in the midst of. Right. Right. To talk to him. Yeah. They actually, they start training, gathering the team, and then they talk to Splinter and and have that physical connection with him through the astral plane. Yeah. And then we're back to gathering the team well, again. Even weirder is like, where's well, the all is lost moment in that? Like to me, it, I, I thought it was thought Kill it was Stick Raph. or something. I think I it's. Sure. I think the all is lost moment is Raph's. Raphael. Before that, they think Raph could die. So that's fifty six right. minutes. It's a little early yeah, for the all. Yeah, it's which really, really early. early. Yeah. Side note: as an adult now, when I think about that part of the plot i'm like yeah you know what i guess if one of them does get injured there's no one on earth that can help them medically yeah like <laughs> who's gonna help who them? the fuck they have no when there's no you, medicine you go to a vet <laughs> i guess you i could. guess that would be the most logical that, that thing. would be yeah. incredible premise <laughs> delivery them instead of showing up, up in the er showing up a, at a, a vet. vet i love it <laughs> that should or an be aquarium? how has that not been in one of the ninja turtles movies <laughs> that's fantastic maybe that's in one of the shows i'm it's forgetting gotta be but. They have to have used yeah. that. If not, that's why Jamie gets paid the big there bucks. Go. There it is. Um, okay. Well, they haven't the, made an Intrigues three yet, so uh, that's right. Yeah. The gathering. The, so the gathering the team is like eight minutes long, and that's like you, it's usually like a minute. Like it's usually like let's grab our swords and get out of here. So, but the it's gathering the team, up, right? it goes from them training in the farm to them talking to Splinter about their plan to them finally getting to New York City and then they just like sit around and there's even they, insecurity lines. They eat lines. some pizza. They start yeah. eating pizza and, and there's like insecurity. Well, it's, like it's kind of like they just got back from a vacation. Yeah, yeah. they're yeah. chilling out and Raphael there's even no says no urgency but in the whole now, movie hold on. saving to, stick. Yes. Now, yes. You're right. Now let me let me just be the counterpoint here. During this time though, the urgency is coming from Shredder. 
Right, he makes his own gathering. He makes the team. Plan. He does he his, has own, his own. He's finale. doing that stuff. He's got like a two point finale. He's decided that the turtles are his main problem in this whole scheme to take over New York, and he's the one that's yeah, right. Right, and and so then it gets even weirder. Uh, so they're hanging out back in their lair, <laughs> and and Raphael's like, "Let's go," and and they're like, "Why do we need to go?" He's like, "I just don't understand why we're not just going." He like says it. <laughs> Which is an insecurity line. That's like the the writer knows that they should get the story going, and they're not, so they're acknowledging it. Um, I see those all the time. I think, yeah. Like what? They, they also don't know what they're dealing with. Part part of it is. That, I know I'm defensive, but yeah. And, and then there's that yeah. whole Casey Jones thing. Just yeah. Randomly. So Casey Jones just coincidentally sees yeah. Danny, and then Casey Jones yeah, why not stumbles make... into a rescue mission. Normally, that would have been. Even know who Splinter is. That would have been one of the turtles and most people. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, be... all of a sudden, Casey Jones and Danny rescue Splinter when they didn't even know. Well, when Casey didn't even know that where he basically just has a vague idea who Splinter is. Oh, Splinter! Right. Yeah. Because well, Casey's in his own movie. Right. <laughs> he it, Casey is the hero in the movie. In his mind. In his mind. In his mind. But so we yeah. have this five point finale. We have this. You know, like, I grew my hair out originally because of Casey Jones. Anyway, guys, it could be his that. blind obsession. <laughs> yeah. The turtles well, I think never. He wants actually... to be with April too, right? Yeah. The turtles never actually make a try to achieve a goal of rescuing Splinter. They never even try to figure out where he is. That's got to be a production reason. Like they Don't never even go. They go any news from your news report, and they go no, and they're like. Huh, shrug their shoulders, <laughs> and it's so it feels so weird that that yeah. is not them. Like we have to go find his hideout and and go rescue our guy. No, it's just Casey Jones just says, "Where's who's this guy? Kid, what's he doing?" And then rescue Goes Splinter, and rescue Splinter, <laughs> and Casey Jones has the showdown and in also, the hideout. And also, can I point the... out? Can I point out that here's another weird thing. Once again, I'm admitting the movie's obviously perfect. Uh, <laughs> Casey Jones has the message he says verbally the message that the turtles themselves you think would say where he's like you think this is family you think that over there that's family uh that's not family. right that's casey jones delivers the family message <laughs> even though the movie is about their family breaking apart yeah it's very weird it's very but weird. like i said before i think danny i think who was ever writing it was trying to Put all put the face heart on those. through the humans, right? Yeah, because they, it, they because really didn't know if these fucking masks were work. right. We, they didn't know. <laughs> they didn't know. They didn't know if we would connect with the masks. Yeah. So you had to yeah. bank on maybe connecting with the people. You had to c- connect. Yeah, with the that people. makes those sense. The lines that to, informs that choice. That informs the choice. It's fucking weird. It's weird. I still don't dislike it. No, I don't I'm mind fine it. with it. I love this. I, 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 I They're also teenage kids. We kind of forget that the turtles are kids. No, but I They're mean, not... Splinter is kidnapped, and then they don't try to yeah. rescue him. It's and, fucking weird. And, and but but the, one, be... the one of them that would do it is the one that is knocked out for half the movie. That's true. Yeah. I'm just saying, he's the one who would instantly go in. It, it doesn't feel like a movie either where they debate that fact or anything no, you know don't. like there's another version of that movie where they don't go to rescue them and that's what they have to learn is that we can do it ourselves we can do it we're, together we're brave the together. four of us together and that's what he teaches but, them in yeah. the in the seance the seance but, but uh yeah. but then they don't do anything with it for it's a while really, it's like the themes are there like at how an art <laughs> yeah, house movie yeah, would do it yeah. not how a fucking cheeseburger <laughs> the, the would end do was it. so confusing to me that i watched this movie like a week ago and yeah. to do the structure i was like i must have missed something <laughs> 
And I went back like last night to rewatch it, and I had to rewatch it like ten times. Like I think I missed something again. But <laughs> the it was ending, all yeah. so weird. Yeah, how it came about and how there's just no right. rhyme or reason to so, it. Yeah, and they do. They... It has the other points. So so the di- so the it, the high tower surprise mm-hmm. is that seventy eight minutes Shredder arrives after they've defeated all the foot soldiers on the roof. Shredder is the high tower surprise. Like oh. They have a secret weapon. It's right. the main villain yeah. <laughs> that you've right. never met before. Um, the I think it tries to do a dig down deep, and that is Shredder, Shredder holds a spear to Leo's throat, and they decide in the past maybe they would have all charged him, but they decide, like, we're not going to fight you. Especially after almost losing Raph. Right. Yeah, so that, yeah. Leo's got a, and I think that's the trying to be the dig down deep. Like, we fight one or we fight not at all. I think that's what it's trying to do. And they try to make that clear by Shredder saying, fools, the three of you might have overpowered me with the loss of one. Now your fate will be his. And he tries to kill Leo anyway. And Hightower Surprise Part 2, which we saw in Ready Player One, um, Splinter arrives and the turtles have a secret weapon. Right, and Splinter right. then executes the new plan, not the turtles. Yeah, that's what, that was the other weird part. I was like, cool. <laughs> What they learn here? Let <laughs> so the other guy does. The, yeah, the yeah. turtles, after digging down deep, just well, stand there while their it's dad also like, does it for them. It's also if that's the main. We're talking about like the main plot Maybe of the like movie. Like if Obi Wan Kenobi came, came and, blew and showed up, the, up and blew, up, star. blew up the Death Star. That's exactly but, what it would be like. Like I said, it's like an art house movie because it's more concerned with Splinter's <laughs> arc and his past being resolved than the turtles themselves. Yeah, like. It's amazing to me how incidental they are to the movie. Yes. It's weird. Which, when I grew up and watched it, I appreciate oddly more. I yeah. don't know. When I was. Like, I don't expect. It doesn't feel like it's. In my minds, they are the superheroes who save yeah, the day. Yeah. But in reality, they just sort They're of so fight kids. off some ninjas. They're kids that are and dealing with And their dad them. saves the day, and all the adults save the day for them. Yeah. While they stand around. It's very well, they weird. still fight. I mean, no, I yeah, said they yeah. fight the foot soldiers, yeah, but yeah, then yeah. once Shredder's there, they lose to Shredder and they a, just stand there. <laughs> it's a fight between adults. Yeah, The Foot exactly. Clan are just as much. They're kids. Yeah, they're actual that's kids. True. That's true. It's a fight between the adults of the children, not the actual children. So it's Because the children, in the end, Casey Jones brings the children to show them right, this the faults is, this of the is, family. Yeah. It's like not about the turtles. Yeah, it's very which weird Which is very, in that way. very fucking weird. <laughs> It's it's just really it works weird. though. I think it works. I think but... it works too, and I think it's instructive that it works to say that you can fuck up this five point finale, and uh, the Bob Roses and Jimmy Georges of this world, <laughs> thirty years later, later, will still be <laughs> defending the shit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> While the Jamie Nash are just... like, whatever, man. <laughs> Here's my comic. I mean, Jamie, you got to admit, though, it's like it didn't need to be like this. You know what I mean? Like, you know what? I, they they could have made it so much just worse. You mean not even worse. It just didn't need to even have any thought put any behind heart. It. And it's got so much. Why heart. does it have so much heart? It's There's so no much heart. reason that that stuff at the barn had to be so thoughtful. And <laughs> shit. And it's like it is. Why? Is it... OK. <laughs> uh, we talked about premise delivery. But yeah, the one I... thing we, you really want to talk about is that. The is, Foot Clan is the invading. Foot Clan yeah. sequence. So we've never yeah. done this, and you know, 
given how much it, it 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 this is coming across way more positive than I anticipated when I was like, let's do this exercise where we talk about um I think there's one sequence in this movie that's really well done. Like it holds up, and I know you hate that phrasing, Bob. I do. Let's go ahead. uh, And that is when the Foot Clan invade April's building. It's like sort of in the middle, right? It leads to the midpoint. It has the best Um, fighting. It it has so much. It's got so the things I want to talk about are comic transitions, premise delivery, and then Jamie, you can when we get there uh, remind us about good news, bad news, because it's got. All those things. It's just, it's like a smorgasbord of great craft. Yeah. Um, so I'll just break down the beats and then uh, sure, yeah. explain them. So uh, Raphael fights an army of foot soldiers atop New York City and uh, building. And inside the apartment, Donatello and Michelangelo, our first big awesome premise delivery in this sequence, they're watching a cartoon rabbit, tortoise washing the hair, and they're they're telling the hair to speed up. Damn it, speed up. <laughs> For premise delivery. Uh, April asks, where's Raphael? It cuts to a comic transition of Raphael getting his ass beat. <laughs> so there's craft right there. Cut back into inside the apartment. Donatello says, ah, he just needs to blow off some steam. And there's another comic transition to Raphael gaining the upper hand and saying, you guys must be studying the abridged book of ninja fighting, which is, once again, dialogue premise delivery. Right, like, right, right. It's just yeah. nonstop. Awesome. Uh, inside April shows the turtles the basement antique shop Ma- Mikey crashes a symbol behind Donatello's head and Donatello shakes and screams and it cuts to Raphael getting kicked in the head and shaking and screaming it's yeah. like a perfect match uh, back inside April asks Raph hey, asks, hasn't Raph been gone a long time and Donatello says ah he leaves all the time he likes it and it's another comic transition and this time Raphael's being dragged down the steps and he's going like as he's dragged yeah, 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 down yeah, yeah. the steps um, this is all happening rapid fire in succession um inside right april then says are you sure and donatello says ah don't worry he'll be back any minute and he comes crashing Crashing. through the ceiling on top of them followed by a bunch of foot soldiers um and then we immediately get the the comic dueling nunchuck sequence which is like in the trailer that's cut that's premise delivery so these are moments that only work in this movie so they're like perfect whiteboard premise delivery um, and then one of the foot soldiers dunks Donatello into a fish tank he can breathe, and, and he loves water, right? it yeah. and then spits the water in his face, yeah. which is a thing that would only work in this movie, right? right? It's fucking awesome. Um, then uh, the, the Wheel of Fortune dude moment, they, uh, Michelangelo goes on his shell and they spin him around on his shell and knock out like 10 foot soldiers. Only all works once. in this movie. Only works in this movie. Uh, then Donatello rolls using his shell and he says, California roll, which is more premise delivery <laughs> that only works in this movie movie and then um jamie cut me off and do the good news bad news technique and i'll i'll hit the good news bad news oh, uh good news bad news by the way <laughs> <laughs> on your toes by the, by the way when you, you want to sell that, that too, comic don't you that's right <laughs> yeah dude. When, when you were saying uh all those things what occurred to me too is when you were whiteboarding this i could I mean, it's right in the title, right? You could have a whiteboard for Teenage, Mutant, Ninja, Ninja and Turtles. All four of those. All four of those things and how they crisscross, how they intersect, how they, how each applies to an action sequence. Each thing could be, you know, so it's a ton of stuff. Don't forget yeah, the moment they, the moment at the end when uh, Michelangelo 
actually retracts into yeah. his shell. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And, and <laughs> yeah. we didn't even we really didn't expand, but there's like a ton of great premise delivery. That give me give me three. Mm-hmm. That's a line that only works in this movie. Um, what do you guys like on your pizza? Just the regular stuff, flies, snake bugs. Right, right, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, you know the 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 pizza delivery through the sewer scene. That's Expl- a scene and that explaining how they get pizza. And it's right. the scene exactly. That's the whiteboarding question. Whiteboard. How do yeah. they get pizza? How the fuck? Yeah. They get so, so it's pizza. just and you're right. And there's the teenage part where Shredder mm-hmm. is waiting up for him inside, like a teenage right. situation. situation. Yeah. Raphael's been out late. The lights flick on. Where have you been? <laughs> They're also teenagers in that they're horny and hungry. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> right? I, mean, yeah. I like that, though. The four words of the title all have their own premise. Yeah, they, they all have their own, own whiteboard. They could. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so good news, bad news. Good news, bad news is just a thing when you're breaking down like an action sequence or even if you're breaking down your screenplay. I, I use it actually when I when I'm initially brainstorming the scenes of my of my film and I'll just have a blank piece of paper and I might have like I know what the catalyst is. I know what the you know stuff is. So anyway, good news. It's just simply something good happens. Uh, but uh oh, nope, it's not good. A disaster happens. They have to react. They have to change. And then they have to come up with a new plan. And that's the bad news part before the good news again. And we've even found that this can be used in transitions. Absolutely. Like you yeah. end a scene on a positive and, and then it immediately starts with something negative. terrible happening. Or you end a scene on a negative I and something great happens first, when the next scene starts. First episode, we really covered it with Solo. Yes. Because Solo had a lot Solo of it. Solo had a lot of it. And I mean, in general, Indiana Jones movies have a great, yeah. in their action we just scenes, talked, we, good We bad, broke down bad, Die Hard and Die Hard episode. Action sequences usually are a series of good news, bad news. And it's an Spielberg's easy way. a master of this. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And it's an yeah. easy way. It comes in, It comes instinctively for a lot of people, yeah. but it's a great way to take a scene and go, how do I make it? enthralling for the for this whole action sequence and you just come sort up with like, as many good news bad news things as you can what, what i also I, think the pirates movies do it really yes what i found what i found a lot of things do it one of the one of the ones that to me just was so heavy-handed about it but i really liked was the tv show silicon valley if you've ever seen oh, that yeah, yeah. for whatever reason everything would be going great Something would happen, bad news, now it was a disaster, good news. <laughs> so they actually did it in their outlines, 100%. Wow, okay. And it was always the same outline. It's always like, good news, bad news, good news, So bad you kind of could predict news. it. You could totally watch it and be like, okay, okay well, what's the bad news? this bad news thing is about to happen, this good news <laughs> thing, this bad news thing, and we just keep going. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting show. So there's a danger of going overboard with it is what it you're is. saying. I mean, that show's a comedy, so in it's moderation. really about the jokes in the middle okay. and the characters like, and stuff. So it, it comes with tone. Like, if the tone right. allows, you yeah. can do it as much as you want, probably, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it's also, you know, I talk a lot about when I read the script, uh, my I read about forty pages of amateur screenplays a day, um, and a lot of times everything's way too easy. Mm-hmm. Um, people will try to achieve a goal, and they just do. And there's nothing. No one of the number one uh, notes I write is make it harder. And an easy way to make it harder is to find some bad news to throw on top of their their efforts, mm-hmm. right? Every time, oh, they're about to reach the goal. Bad news, something terrible happens, and they've delayed the process of getting the goal. So, but uh, I, I, and to just t- maybe take a step step backwards in our conversation, maybe one of the weird things about this movie is that it, that the goal should be getting Splinter back, yeah. but in a weird way, this movie, being the art house movie that it is is about them finding themselves as teenagers 
and we're, working together and as working a team. together and as a team was, we didn't put that in there either jamie <laughs> i'm i'm i haven't got to the completing the good news bad news but you sometimes talk about how essentially it comes down to two arcs right what it, the two, two arcs yeah, the the gaining confidence or working together as oh, a team no. i and, haven't said that in a while yeah and I'm, that's i'm the quoting two, jamie <laughs> you're quoting jamie but that's the two that's things the in I this movie remember. in this movie essentially it's is, not getting splinter back it's those two things. gaining confidence i think the working working as a team was one we added it was okay. the other two okay because uh, then we said well there's another one there's a third <laughs> what were those gaining know. confidence and Learning to love or something. Jogging you know, your something memory around. here. I can't remember. But, but Learning to love. It was something it was, like yeah, that. Something like that. Some it, version. It, it made me, this movie made me remember that we've talked about that before. And essentially, this I is even, just. Yeah, we haven't said that. I'll have to go back to the early It's just episode. funny that that's <laughs> what it is and it's not. It's not a mission back. movie. Yeah, well, it, it's that. It has it's, all the ingredients of a, of a mission, mission movie, movie in it, on the page on the screen, and then they don't treat, they <laughs> don't rest. It's try a soul searching. <laughs> what a weird thing. It is weird. But um, at the end of that sequence that I just broke down with all that craft, here's some more. So, uh, the turtles have defeated all the sur- soldiers that invaded the apartment that's the good news the bad news most more soldiers show up and pile in and the apartment floor collapses and they all fall into the antique shop where the battle continues the good news mikey uses those symbols set up moments ago and crashes the head of a bunch of foot soldiers the bad news the turtles are now suddenly losing the battle and we're reminded how they need all four of them mikey says we really should could use raf right now the good news casey shows up and he's their reinforcements and gives them the upper hand momentarily. The bad news, a foot, a foot soldier hits a wire with his axe and the place catches fire. The good news, April and the turtles find an escape uh, door and escape out, escape the fire through a secret back door. The bad news, April gets a call from Charles <laughs> at the TV station. She's fired. <laughs> right. So it's just, it's great craft, man. Yeah, like yeah. that sequence is fucking awesome. I love it. Even now as a 40 year old man, I love it. I think it's well done. So that was fun. Yeah, no, it, yeah. it's it, it is this discussion has made me appreciate it more, <laughs> even with the flaws. Because, but I already knew this. Like, yeah. I, there's always been something very odd about this movie. For what it, what I, you know, what it is, and what I always figure, why isn't it not? Mm-hmm. It should be like Mac and Me or something. You know what I mean? Like some yeah. soulless piece of obvious crap. And it's, it's weird because it has some of those 90s things, things like, in it. Like the April Cena has that weird E.T. thing that everybody wanted to do. Like, let's hide the weird creature in the in the closet. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, they, do like yeah. and they do it. They do it. You know, so it has a lot of those tropes, but then it's not. doesn't stick with those that long. Like yeah. It's just like one sequence. It's or like, something. oh, we got to have that moment, yeah. too. Yeah. 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 It's just, yeah. Uh, it's unique yeah among its bre- uh, brethren i guess as far as movies go yeah we're just talking screenplay but i think the production of it is probably what makes it most unique it's the darkness so cool. yeah. the the like the, jim henson of the it the jim all, henson of it you know, I, right. I i mean like the, just from a lighting the perspective yeah. the martial arts that's, yeah, and the that, scene so, on the roof with shredder is lit it's beautiful it's like I think it's awesome. A martial arts production company yeah. is who bought the rights and gave right. and 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 so they put all of their team their in. People, they, they had been making Jackie in. Chan movies. I, I met the guy who was in the Leonardo costume when I was a kid. Wow. He 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 visited the dojo near my it was mom's. Like, wait, wow. a, yeah, a, a production company that actually makes ninja movies made this movie. Like yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I read something like at first the guy didn't get it, and he's like, wait. 
this I just make these just like the other movies I make, but we put our guys in the costume. Exactly, and they brought their I whole team over. If if this didn't have the turtles in it, if it wasn't about turtles, but human teenagers yeah. that were ninjas, I don't know if we'd even question this stuff. It would just be a weird old movie. But, yeah, yeah. But the fact that this was this huge product. Yeah. From an independent source and a bunch of martial arts masters. The story is very the, the interesting. Other, <laughs> it's, it's just very odd. The yeah. other weird thing, it's cast a little odd. Like, it's not your normal yeah, cast yeah. for right. a 90s movie. Right, you know? like, yeah. Casey Jones and April are just a little different than yeah. you normally cast right. these characters. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you like Casey Jones isn't like some kind of muscle-bound. He's not man. ripped. They're kind of more, He's just a normal dude. They're kind of more real or indie film-ish. Yeah. You know? Yeah, Elias <laughs> Cotiz is a really good actor. Yeah. And you could have gotten a lunkhead for that. Sure. Right. But he's like awesome. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he might be my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, did we learn anything? Yeah, I learned that you can have a Turtles, like a movie where the heroes aren't even trying to achieve the goal. Or after it, and then it works. Yeah, <laughs> like they're just sort of standing around while other people achieve the goal for them. <laughs> I didn't expect. Yeah, it's still about them. Yeah, it's it, very. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had they kind of had their cake and eat it too. Yeah, somehow. I think it's yeah. because they're constantly fighting off foot soldiers that you're like, well, they are trying. They are doing things. They're just not focused on a goal. Yeah. <laughs> Did you learn anything, Jamie? I, well, I think those those same <laughs> things are probably what kept me away from it on an unconscious level. So it's interesting now to go back when I have this language to apply to it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Because when I watched it before, I was probably like, eh, it's just boring or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Right. But now I could kind of go back and figure it out and realize why and appreciate to me and, and appreciate why it's also fun. You know, at the same time, I appreciate why I, I kept watching like 15 minutes of it <laughs> yeah it off yeah 20 minutes and i'm like what is this i think <laughs> i think the fact that there's craft there mm-hmm. or there's even a, a voice there's really a voice here absolutely it's a turn off because it's coming from the turtles yeah yeah does that make sense yeah because the turtles are this kind of crash commercial thing and then you're right. applying this other thing to it and it's kind of a strange mix like the cartoon did a disservice to this movie yeah Mm. If the cartoon didn't in, exist and nothing passed it, and this was just a memory, I feel like it would be treated differently a little bit. Given a little bit more respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe even. Yeah. Strangely enough, like even when I was of age, that age, uh, this was a movie that had a lot of appeal to me in a weird sort of way because it, it had martial arts. I was into martial arts. It had Jim Henson. I loved Jim Henson. Yes. I'd watch anything he did. Yeah. It had Corey Feldman. I'm the biggest Corey Feldman. Guy. Are you seriously? No, you yeah, might I, be. I don't know. I, I like Rob Corey. Brothers. I do like Corey Feldman. I I'm huge did, Lost Boys. So fan. we're did, doing Lost Boys um, someday. Do, yeah. Did you ever see the two Corys show? I'm just had this going somewhere. Yes. TV show. The TV yeah, reality the, show. The reality show. I've seen it. There was a know. moment. Uh-huh. Where they're having like this heart to heart to two Corys, <laughs> right. and Corey Feldman literally, and uh, this show was so staged. But he goes, right. "Don't you think when they didn't call me back to do the voice of Donatello and Super News <laughs> that I hurt too?" <laughs> and it's like, "What the <laughs> <laughs> fucking <awesome>. wonderful!" <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm. Thank you, Jamie, for even doing this movie. Yeah. I feel like I've said no to so many things, and Jamie didn't say no to this. He so didn't. I got to be less of a stickler, I guess. I mean, I hadn't seen it, so we that's said a good this. Thing. It's not like yeah. the, the ones you say no to are probably ones more you've seen and just don't want to do. Well, I, I said no to Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're keeping TV out of this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, but yeah, that's so. 
The, I hadn't seen this, so I had no real rational. Or I had, but I tried it. I never watched it all the way right, through. Right. So I really didn't have any rational. A lot of the ones you say no to are ones that you've seen, and for some reason you don't want to do them. Which yeah. I, I don't, don't think they'd have much value. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I can't remember what else I said no to. It's mainly <laughs> Game Ninja of Turtles. <laughs> I think most of the ones you say no to are just temporary temporary no's. Like, <laughs> couldn't we find something better next week? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Why am I the one saying no to? You guys be... <laughs> Okay, I think that's everything, right? Yeah, I think yeah. we covered it. Yep. Uh, me and Jimmy got our enthusiasm out. Yes, I got my sales pitch out. Look out yep. for the eBay auction. Yeah, that's message right. Jamie on Twitter if you want that Raph number two. <laughs> number no, Ninja oh Turtles, Ninja Turtles number, number two, two. And, or Raph one shot. <laughs> and if you want to pay a lot of exorbitant amount of money for the figures, I've got my go to my mom's house, get that bag. <laughs> Well, hey, times is you rough. Get one chance. The world is falling apart, Jimmy. Yes. If we can yes. make a couple bucks while it sinks, <laughs> <laughs> why not? Right. All right. Thank I think you that's for everything. listening, guys. Thank you. Thank you. You have just listened to Writer's Blockbusters, a screenwriting podcast featuring two professionals and another guy. Available only on Thundergrunt.